and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 166th episode, our returning guest is Brandon Chapman. First turned Brandon Chapman on episode 14 when he appeared alongside Josh Sigler, and his solo appearances on episodes 97, 132, and 157. Brandon Chapman is a sports podcaster who resides in Peru, Indiana with his wife, Abby. He graduated from IUK in May of 2018 with a BS in communication with a concentration in public speaking. His show, Sounding Off, is recorded from the 1350 AM WIOU studio and drops new episodes every Sunday afternoon. And now on to the show. No, I've been uh, I've been thinking about, about you a lot because uh, I haven't heard sounding off uh in so long i almost forget what your voice sounds like <laughs> <laughs> trust me man no no sports is uh definitely definitely got a, a damper on us for sure oh for sure yeah definitely but how are you feeling overall how are you holding up i'm doing well man how are you i know you got the new baby and everything how's everything oh on gosh. your end yeah it's it's been insane yeah i uh surprisingly delivered our daughter in our bathtub she did not wait for the hospital what um, yeah <laughs> that There's is that, wild yeah. yeah tell me about it <laughs> now, okay, I, I, had that ever happened with your previous two? Oh no no our first child was a c-section it was planned he came he was breached so there was no question we were just gonna do that um our second one uh she was in labor for like a day and a half so i you know it took a very long time for it to happen um, but yeah, this one, two hours from beginning to end, I almost went back to sleep when my wife woke me up. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I was getting the car ready and she was like, the baby's coming. And I'm like, yeah, I know the baby's coming. I'm getting ready. And then I looked down and I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 right the now. baby's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just yeah, grab, grab and go pretty much. But yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. So <laughs> Dude, that is wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I actually got a uh, podcast dropping here today or tomorrow about uh, interviewing my wife about that process. So the full the full, full story will be revealed. But yeah, it's dude, crazy. I cannot wait to hear that. <laughs> I mean, because that's got to be wild, dude. Like your third kid, you're probably pretty used to this by now. And then oh. all of a sudden, it's like, oh no, this is different. Like this is yeah. something <laughs> that we weren't prepared for. No, yeah, we weren't ready to do that at all, but yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I called 911 immediately, and, uh, <laughs> but I, but I got, as, as you should, so. yeah, exactly, <laughs> it was funny, though, when the paramedics got here, they were like, uh, do you want us to take you to the hospital? I'm like, does she have a choice? Don't, I mean, did you, don't you just take her <laughs> anyway? Like, why are you asking? <laughs> I mean, what down. the hell? Are you are you guys just going to snip the cord and say good job? I mean, how does yeah. this work? Good good luck to you. <laughs> have, have a good day. We got somewhere to be. <laughs> Dude, that is crazy. I know. It's been wild. So, so mom yeah. and baby are good? Oh, everybody's fine. Yeah, we're doing That's good. That's awesome, man. I'm so I'm so happy for you guys. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it seems like, uh, in, in the sports world though, uh, for you guys, it seems like you're always one thing to the next, right? It's always like one thing ends, another thing picks up March Madness ends. Then you got what the NBA finals usually is around that time and the, 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 gets started. The, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, March Madness starts and then spring training is going on. Baseball is about to kick off. NBA's coming to a close. Playoffs are starting. Like, that's the good thing, kind of. I mean, on a typical year, 365, there's stuff to talk about. Yeah. 
Right. There's, and there's very, a lull. There's usually lulls like once or twice a year, right? Baseball season can have lulls because baseball uh-huh. season's long. Once the NBA season gets over, all you have is baseball. And to be honest, out of 162 games, baseball doesn't get super exciting till towards the end. Like mm. you've got the beginning and then you've got the end. Then everything in the middle is kind of ah, eh, you move on. So until until football spring, until uh, football training camp starts, there's really not a whole lot of like headlines or kind of speculation to really talk about. Uh, that has all gone away because of this COVID stuff. There's very, very, very little to talk about. <laughs> well, didn't they have the NFL draft and it had like the highest ratings and like ever? Like, because there's nothing yeah, to watch. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's kind of the same thing. You look at uh, this this Jordan Last Dance doc. Right. They they moved that up. And the, the viewing is through the roof because people are just so excited for something to watch. I know NASCAR has a race this Sunday. Really? I don't watch NASCAR, but I bet a bunch of people are going to watch NASCAR just because it's a sport. Right. Um, I know there's soccer going to be played in Germany. Like I, You're going to see a lot of eyes kind of flocking to places that they don't normally go. Mm-hmm. I just because they, cause people need content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, that uh, yeah, I went. I was going to talk with you about all of that, and uh, I know they've been showing uh, what Korean baseball games and stuff on ESPN. Yeah, Have you watched it, any of those? I watched a little bit. Um, it's it, it's baseball. It's good to have, but it is no nowhere near. I guess what you would expect from like MLB, like major league baseball here. So yeah, but it's something it's, it gives you a little fix, I guess. Right. Right. Don't they have cardboard cutouts of the fans behind home plate too? Isn't that how it looks? Some, some stadiums have done that. Uh Um, but what's crazy for me is like ESPN has their announcers who are calling those games from their homes. Mm -hmm. The problem is those games are played at like 3 a.m. our time. Mm-hmm. And so least these announcers literally are waking up at like two and three in the morning to call games that are being played at three, four and five o'clock in the morning. And mm-hmm. you can hear their drag. You can hear how tired they are. <laughs> like you can just hear like, oh, where I am, I had to get up at 2 a.m. to call this game. I'm like, it sounds like it. Like, you, know, I mean, you guys are beat. Right, right. That schedule is just wild right now. And even if it's interesting to watch, it's like, is it worth even getting invested in this? Because, like, you know, once everything comes back online, you're not going to, like, seek out Korean baseball necessarily for any reason. You know, if you have ba- baseball here happening, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Pay yeah, attention yeah, to it before. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and I think that's what you're seeing. Major League Baseball is trying to do everything they can to kind of get started back up. The NBA is doing the same thing. Uh, these are little like band-aids, I suppose, cause we've gone so long without anything, <laughs> but yeah, trust me, I can't tell you one single player in the Korean baseball league. I no. can't tell I, yeah, out, outside of the big time people in NASCAR, I can't tell you anybody there. I'm not going to follow these sports or all of a sudden get invested. I just need like a little bit of a fix. I, cause <laughs> guess what? There's nothing on television. The, there, there, there's, mm-hmm. there's no sitcom on that can give me the satisfaction that I'm getting from sports or anything like that. So I just need something. <laughs> Right, definitely. And, you know, even, you know, I thought back, when was the last time this even happened? It's really been never because the only thing I could think of was 9-11. And they still played football, didn't they, on Sunday after 9-11? Like, even though that was a big event, they still had football, you know, so. I think baseball stopped for like four or five days. Right, that was a big story. Huge story, yeah. And, you know, I, I was talking to my wife when all this was happening. I was like, in my 33 years on this planet, I've never not had sports. Right. Like, it's never been an issue. Like, this is unprecedented. Like, I uh-huh. trust me, the first couple of weeks, I didn't know how to deal. 
No, I know. And my my wife and I, I was kind of getting a little crabby with my wife, and she's like, "Hey, what's your problem?" I was like, "I don't know what to do. I have mm-hmm. all this free time. I have all, like I can't get what I want. Like I'm literally, it, it's you know, a lot of your listeners probably aren't as diehard like the sports as I am, or even Mojo mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like, it's my life. And now you sure. just said, put that on pause. Yeah, you get nothing for. I can't tell you how long. We'll let mm-hmm. you know. We'll get mm-hmm. back. So, um. Right. It, I, I finally have been able to kind of calm down. Um, I've actually welcomed the break to an extent because, mm-hmm. you know, we put a lot of work in. You know, you do a podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. We put a lot of work in everything that we did on those weekly shows. And it's – I've enjoyed the break. My Sundays come around. I'm not spending it doing prep work. I can actually enjoy it with my family. Like, it, it, it's been welcomed. But I also have that itch to get back. Like, I miss the kids. I miss the coaches. I miss everything that we did with that. And I'm kind of ready to get back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just so much because I missed that or the fact that that's normal to me. And mm-hmm. I very much want to get back to the normalcy of my life. Right. And well, you mentioned the kids, like I really feel bad for those seniors, especially that this is their this was their last chance to play a spring sport. And now it's just been robbed from them and they don't get that back. You know, the others, the undergrads can come back next year, the juniors and below. But seniors, that's it. And, and you know that that's true, and I, I feel bad for a lot of the kids in this regard. And there was a lot of kids that I was so looking forward to having in studio come the spring because I'd never had them before. Mm-hmm. And you know th- those kids have reached out to me and DM me like, "Hey man, you know we really were looking forward to it." And that kind of breaks my heart. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I, I I know you kids through social media, and I know you from a distance. I was really looking forward to having them in studio and really kind of getting to know them. And mm-hmm. I got robbed of that. They got robbed of that experience. And if anything, it kind of lit a little bit more of a fire in me, I guess. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to be a little more efficient going forward that I can't really take any opportunities for granted. I got to get as many kids in there and through there as possible mm-hmm. because you never know who's not going to have their opportunity. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of things are like that. You know, if I'd known the last time I was going to eat tacos at a Mexican restaurant was going to be the last time I ate tacos at a restaurant for a while, I would have eaten a lot more tacos. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But yeah. But what do you think they should do for the fall sports, though, with IHSAA? And have they made a decision? I don't think they have, right? No. And here's, you know, I've talked to some people and I've even talked to Sigler, you know, our buddy. Mm -hmm. Um Making decisions in May for September and October seem a little overkill for me at this point Uh, because I think by making those decisions, I think it's hard to go backwards. It's hard to come out and say, hey, we're not doing anything until August. I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to pull that back. But if you want to sit here and say, hey, we're taking it month by month, you can always ramp those up. You can always say, okay, now we're going into the next month, next month. Uh, the NCAA has been really bad about it. The IHSAA is really kind of sitting back and going, we're doing a wait-and-see approach, which mm-hmm. I welcome. That That's the mm-hmm. better way to do it. But the NCAA already talking about, well, if there's if there's no kids on campus and it's all online classes, we can't have fall sports. Well, that's a knee-jerk reaction. Like, mm-hmm. let's calm this down right mm-hmm. now. You know, I, and I think – there are hot spots when you want to talk about everything that's going on, you know, Indiana outside of like Cass County and a pork factory that went crazy. I mean, everything seems to be slowing down, I think for us, mm-hmm. but everybody freaks out because all of a sudden we're testing more. Well, obviously if you're going to test more, there's going to be higher numbers. That's just mm-hmm. the, the fear mongering that is going on over this is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We need to get back to normalcy. We're going to get there, but the, the, 
the hype of everything that's going on and pushing everybody to make decisions now for three months down the road, mm-hmm. I think is reckless. I think it's careless and it's just an overreaction. Right. Well, one theory I heard, at least with the NBA, and then maybe they'll extend this to other sports too, and it seems like a college campus would be perfect for this, is the idea of the bubble. You can self-contained bubble, everyone quarantines together, and then once 14 days go by, everyone who's been together and hasn't had any contact with the outside world can then compete with each other. And I guess, you know, obviously testing constantly throughout that. But if you have a self-contained situation, like a campus, like I heard it mentioned maybe going to Las Vegas to finish out the NBA season and like all the players just like stay in the same facilities and they all get tested and none of them leaves. And then they just compete against each other with no fans. Like, what do you think of that idea? Do you think that's a viable way of going forward? Oh, we're going to have sports with no fans. And that's, that's I, in the future, you think, for sure. I think it's going to even carry into the NFL. Wow. We're going to have NFL that's gonna games. That's going to be crazy. We're going to have NFL games with empty stadiums. Mm. I've heard all kinds of proposals on how to handle this. Mm. The problem that you have is when you talk about professional sports and you want to take players and quarantine them for 14 days and pull them away from their family, they're never going to sign off on that. These players are never, ever going to agree to that. But do they get paid if they don't? Well, here's the thing. These guys have leverage. They can sit there. Like, everything that the owners want to pass, the players' unions have to agree to. So it's kind of – I mean, uh, you got fully guaranteed contracts, and I think basketball players aren't being paid right now because they're not playing. Like, mm-hmm. their pay ran out at, like, the end of April or something like that. I mean, I might be misspeaking on that one, but I know they they were only going to get paid, like, a portion of their contract, but they were still getting paid, like, 80 or 90% of their contracts because the end of their season is what it was affected. So mm-hmm. baseball players right now, I think all teams are paying them through May, but mm-hmm. after that, there's no guarantee. Wow. Major League Baseball right now wants players to take a reduced salary and then essentially split profits. Well, in a year where you're only going to play half a season, you're going to do it with no fans, that profit is not going to be a whole lot to split. Mm -hmm. And I think players are like, I signed a contract that's fully guaranteed money. If you want me to play, you're going to pay me my contract. Mm. So you think the players have a fair amount of leverage in this situation? I do. You're never going to be able to take professional players and take them away from their families or away from their living situations and say, hey, we're doing a two-week quarantine. And then you're like, okay, what about you bring their families? That's just a lot. Like, where do you stop it? Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, all teams can really do is control stuff that when it's in-house or when it's come to spring training or it comes to games or something like that, like you can only control that. You mm-hmm. cannot tell adult millionaires <laughs> to come lock yourself in a hotel in Vegas for two weeks. Mm-hmm. They're never going to allow that. Right. Well, what about the college situation, though? Because that seems like it'd be easier to pull something like that off, right? The college situation is a little more – it's a little more murky, I think, because Mm. as much as people want to kind of talk about college sports or whether you care about it or not, that funds a lot of colleges. Now, you have a lot of people making decisions at universities that don't necessarily care about college sports. And with that being said, you know, they're kind of making statements. They're making like, you know, they're going to act like this and that. I think Arkansas, for instance, a big football school, they said July 1 that they're going to have training camp. They're getting ready to play college football. Hmm. Notre Dame is sitting there going, well, we're waiting to see. We're waiting to see what's going to happen. But like these schools that 
have like football and everything like that, that that's kind of their staple and essentially funds a lot of their university. They all want to play and they're, I think they're willing to concede the, the no fans, but then you also have other schools that says, if we can't have people in the stadium or we can't have people on campus, there's no reason or there's no way we can play football. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I mean, everybody's having a different opinion and a different reaction to it. And the NCAA who has never been known for making the right decision uh, they're going to end up having the final say in it, and I have no idea how it's going to go. Hmm. Well, you're not going to have tailgating, and that's going to be a big deal. That's my thing. That's where I think you have the issue. That's where I think the problem is. You can sit there and say, okay, there's no fans in the stadium. But people's, like, you have people who've been tailgating for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. It's like a rite of passage. They're going to do it. Unless you're going to physically remove me from the campus or even in a place like Notre Dame where you can go up and do it outside of the campus, outside of the grounds, uh, you you going to go and arrest everybody who's tailgating? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That'd be, <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah, it's going to... Uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy when the weather gets nice. Uh, it's going to be really nice. Hard to tell people like a nice fall day <laughs> and yeah, there's football and happening and it's like, you're already, <laughs> you're already starting to see it. The weather's uh-huh. getting better. I'm seeing people out at Missinawa more out on the boats. Like people are going to, they're going to start to take a calculated yeah. risk. They're going to yeah. sit here and say, you know what? I've been cooped up for two to three months. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've already got it. I've been asymptomatic. And in that case, I'm safe because you can't get it again. So they mm-hmm. say or whatever. So it's like you start to take the calculated risk. Maybe you start by going out with a mask and then you're kind of like, ah, screw this. I'm out on a boat or I'm with the people I'm around all the time. Like you're going to get to that point. And mm-hmm. I think come September, if this has still been going on the way it is for six months, you're yeah. going to have people pissed off and really kind of throwing caution to the wind, I need some enjoyment in my life. I need to go tailgate for Notre Dame or, or Georgia Bulldogs or Alabama or whoever it is that you root for. You're going to get to that point because you're tired of being locked in a cage, essentially. Right. Well, I mean, this, you know, the whole point of this was not to be indefinitely locked down. The idea was to and not to get all political or anything, but, that, you know, it is my show. So, <laughs> um, you know. President Trump was supposed to be getting the testing and everything else ready at this point and the task force and Mice Pence and everything. We're not there yet, and the quarantine is coming to an end now. We, we have to let people out of their houses, and what did you guys do at that time? Oh, wait, nothing except sell your stocks before the market crashed. I guess right, you did that. Right. But, um, yeah, so. it's – it's been a shit show from the get go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is why I try to tell people up until like a couple of weeks ago, when you looked at testing in the Midwest, mm-hmm. Indiana had tested the least. Well, mm-hmm. now you're testing more people and obviously the numbers are going up, but that's because you're testing people. Mm-hmm. And here's where I have a problem. This is, this is where I think we went wrong from the very beginning. When they talked about everything that was going on with this, they said over 50% of people will get it and not know it. They won't show any symptoms and mm-hmm. they'll be a carrier. But I was still told to go to work. Mm-hmm. I can't get tested unless I have three symptoms. But I'm told to go to work where I mm-hmm. interact with people on a daily basis as a sales rep mm-hmm. and the, vice versa with those people. But you weren't going to test anybody. You mm-hmm. had to have symptoms before you get tested. You write down you, – you go out and say over 50 percent of these people are going to be a problem, but we're not going to address it. Mm-hmm. Hope and pray. Throw on a mask. Like that's mm-hmm. the solution. Like come on. Well, people our age are these asymptomatic carriers. We're the ones that aren't falling down in the street, but we're also, you know, maybe passing it around unknowingly to people, and we're not going to be able to get a test. You know? Absolutely, and that's a problem. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's a huge if, problem. If you're going to sit there and tell me that I could be a carrier, 
but we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I st- exactly. But I, I still have to go on and live my life. I still have to do the things I normally do. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. That, that's what it feels like. I mean... Well, I think once we know how long you're, ace, or you're immune for afterwards of getting it, I think that's going to be a big game changer because people are going to be able to be like get a stamp of approval. I think they're already doing this in places like China and stuff where it's like you've, you've either had it and recovered or you tested not positive. Like, and then you can show this thing around and it's like this will be a badge that, that people can show around to get into places. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know they're starting to do tests to show mm-hmm. that if you've had like the antibodies or whatever right. in it because they want those people to kind of figure out. It's like, okay, oh, yeah. how, how can we make a vaccine mm-hmm. or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let me ask you. I mean are you, are you wearing masks? When I go to, like, the store, yes. When I'm walking my dog around my place I live, no. Like, I think it's, like, I think it's unsafe. I know that you're supposed to wear a rag over your face, but if you're a runner, I don't know how you wouldn't, like, suffocate on a mask <laughs> running down the street. I almost suffocate walking through Target sometimes. So it's, like, I, I'm, I'm feeling bad for people that are trying to wear a mask while running. It's, like, if you're running by in the fresh air, I don't know. I, I, there's other people I'm going to get mad at before I get mad at you, you know? It's, like, I understand. I get it. But, like, if you're just, like, you know, out and about in, uh, uh, you know, the one that drives me crazy is when they have the mask, but they wear it their nose out or like they, they pull it down and it's like on their chin. It's like, why are you even wearing this? Like, just take the mask off if you're going to do that. Yeah. Don't, those, don't put it partially on your face. Like. Those, those people are the idiots. Those are the ones that I just, I have no patience yeah. for. Cut, cut the middle of the, the mask open or something. Oh, but, uh, no, there, there was, did you see the video? There was a woman down in Tennessee, uh, Kentucky or Tennessee. I did. She literally cut out the mouth hole and the guy goes, Hey, where'd you get that mask? She's like, Oh, I made it myself. She's like, I was having a hard time breathing. He goes, kid. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely but what about you are you wearing any masks anywhere uh outside i mean i've got two customers that make me mm. um but outside of that no i don't right well it's a weird thing it's not something that americans are used to i know in asian countries it's very normal even before this if well know, i mean they had like, sars they've had stuff sure they've gone them. through it before right they had exactly. stuff trying to kill them for 40 years mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is all new for us. But yeah, it it does feel like and I also have facial hair, so it like it rubs up against that and yeah, it's it's definitely uncomfortable and I don't I don't like wearing it at all and I don't know. I mean, I try not to like cough on people, so I feel like I'm I'm courteous anyway, but yeah, I do try to if I'm going somewhere like a store or something, I do try to wear it, but um well, here's yes. my thing. And my last thing on it too. You know, yep. I I I wear them where I have to, mm-hmm. but for me at the same time I practice good hygiene. I wash my right. hands. I use my sanitizer. If I cough or sneeze, I cover my mm-hmm. mouth. I don't get close enough to people mm-hmm. and hack on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen numerous doctors say it's not necessarily an airborne issue. Mm-hmm. It's more or less, you know, if somebody were to hack on you and then you you ingest it from that way. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to walk around in a fear. And I have a beard as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not shaving this. I will die before I go clean shave <laughs> and wear a mask. <laughs> That's a risk you're willing to take. <laughs> yeah, I, I will die bearded. It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I've seen people with, like, the Duck Dynasty beards wearing the masks, and it's it's a, it's a strange sight to see the, the hair cascading down below the mask. <laughs> oh, it's awkward, for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, you know, people at the pool, you know, if you're going to go out to the pool, are you going to wear a mask and get a tan on your face, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> well, okay, I think about it, too. Now, the restaurants are starting to open up. Yeah, are you going to eat? Go- 
yeah, you're going to wear a mask into that place, and then you're going to take it off. Right, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So Um, which one is it? Like, I mean, are we (laughs) – I mean, those restaurants aren't exactly your house, but you're going to go there and feel comfortable enough taking a mask off there? I don't know. I feel like it's in some ways a false sense of security for people that they think they're protected if they are wearing a mask. I, I think that mostly, honestly, what it's good for is you stop touching your face uh, because <laughs> that's a way that definitely you're going to spread germs around. Is you know, And people – you know, I didn't think about how much I touched my face before this all happened. Now I'm like constantly thinking about it. But, <laughs> but the people say if you wear a mask, you touch your face more. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so, but let that. me make it clear because I know there's a lot of people who kind of like shame people for wearing masks. Uh-huh. If you want to wear a mask, I would never ever say anything to you about it because that's uh-huh. your prerogative. And I right. think people lose sight of this. Like everybody's situation is different. Nobody mm-hmm. knows like if say if you had a wife who had an autoimmune disease and mm-hmm. she's uh, she's very likely to be you know in a really bad spot if she got something like that. Of course, you would take precautions. You'd probably go a little over the top. Who yeah. are we as people to sit there and go, look at that guy wearing gloves and wearing a mask? Who cares? <laughs> Who does it affect? It affects the person doing it. So I see a lot of people on Facebook and just kind of a lot of people in general kind of dogging people for it. Hmm. Let's cut that shit out. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, handshaking. That'll be an interesting thing to see if that ever even makes a comeback. Because, like, I think it's going to be a point where certain people are like, I'm shaking more. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm totally down for it if we make that go away. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I was fine with it before. I'd, people do the crusher handshake where they shake your hand, like, they're trying to crush it. And then there's a limp, limp wrist, uh, dead fish. It's like, I just don't need any of it anymore. It's so gross. <laughs> well, it's... It's super awkward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and especially in today's game with everything that we're dealing with, uh-huh. I still have customers who, like, go to shake my hand. And I'm like, ah, we'll fist bump or we'll just yeah. avoid it all together at this point. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, there's, uh, always that, there's always that awkward. I'm just, yeah. And, I'm not trying to disrespect you as a, as a person right now. I'm just – let's which, not do which, this. <laughs> which I'm a fist bump guy anyway. Just sure. from like sports and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm 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 down with a fist bump, no issues like that. Right. But yeah, the these shaking hand things, and I, you know, I've had people like, "Oh, are you all caught up in the corona?" I'm like, "Dude, I was like, I'm just not willingly putting myself in a position to shake your hand when I don't know you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but see, going back to the Michael Jordan thing, the Pistons were way to way ahead on this not shaking hand thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they started it. They about they're about 25 years ahead of the game. Yeah. So you've been watching that? It's good. You watched all the parts that have been out yet? Dude, I love it. It's really good. So, okay, so let me get this straight. So they filmed this documentary way back during the, what, 97 season? Is this right? Uh, Tell me me what the premise is. Okay, so the archival footage is from the 97-98 season. We've never seen this before. No, this was was like unprecedented access. They had a film crew doing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The interviews and everything that they've done have been filmed because this documentary has been like being worked on and edited for like two years. Uh-huh. So like the interviews and stuff are from like 2018 and 2019. Mm. Okay. So like, like the sit down with the players and stuff like that, that's all in the last couple of years. All the, all the footage and stuff from games, like that was just from the crew from back in 1998. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they've got this footage and they, Michael Jordan and I guess some other people have to give okay before this is released, I assume, because he's one of the producers of this documentary. Michael Jordan was the hang-up the whole time. The guy mm. who made it had been trying right. for a decade to get Michael to do it. Mm. And then, uh, so finally, 
he he gave us consent and uh they 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 went with it and it was kind of like a surprise like the guy he didn't really expect to get the permission but somebody mm-hmm. kind of started like somebody in Jordan's team kind of scheduled him to start hanging out with Michael so Michael got to know him okay. and then Michael finally gave the blessing to do the doc but do you think that this had anything to do timing wise with the rise of LeBron in the eyes of who is the goat and who is not the goat? I don't think so. Um, Cause I remember I, watching as a kid, these teams, like I remember watching those bulls teams as a kid. Like oh, I, I remember, I, hate, I hated yeah. Jordan. I hated the bulls. Oh, you hated him. You didn't like, Oh him. yeah. I was just a cause you were guy. a Pacers fan. Right. I was okay. A Pacers I, gotcha. guy. I hated Michael Jordan. I see. Okay. Huh. Okay. So, but just when they were playing the Pacers or when they were playing anybody, you didn't like them at all? I hated him in general. Whenever they were uh, in the finals, I rooted against them. I okay. rooted for the Supersonics in 96. Wow. I rooted for the Jazz in 97 and huh. in 98. <laughs> Interesting. But you, I've heard you say that you think that Jordan is the GOAT. I, you're going to, you're going to get me on a tangent here, Rob. Well, I'm, uh, that's why I got you on, man. I got to hear this. <laughs> okay. So he, here, here's my thing. Uh, watching this doc with Jordan has changed my perspective of the entire conversation. Mm. And when I say that, uh, I, I, I preface that with like Michael Jordan and LeBron are different people. They're mm. different players with different skill sets, different styles and different eras. Uh, when we talk about the greatest football player, we don't talk about like the overall greatest football player. We talk about the greatest quarterback, the greatest wide receiver, the greatest running back. And, and we do the same thing with baseball. Who's the greatest pitcher? Who's the greatest hitter? Who's the mm. great, like we specify it. Basketball is the only one where we look at it and say, who's the greatest player of all time? Well, it's, it's not exactly a fair question because it's not apples to apples. When you mm. talk about the game being different from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and on, like, okay, I admit that I discredit centers. I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in centers in, t- in today because they, they're irrelevant in the NBA since like 2004. They have no place. So a true center would have no place in today's NBA. So when Why? you talk about will, will, because the game has changed, the game is a fast paced game. Nobody's posting up. Everybody plays three pointers. It's isolation ball outside of like a rebounder. I mean, it, it just, it doesn't do anything. Mm. It, they're, they're not going to have an impact on the game that say like 1993 Shaq did. Cause when mm. Shaq came out of LSU, the game was still physical. He was an athletic freak. It, he, he was ahead of his time. But now you have guys like Steph Curry and stuff like that, where the three-point is the play for everything. So there is no dominance inside. There is no basketball that works its way through the middle. It, the, the game has changed. So that that's that's my personal opinion on why I discredit centers. But when you want to sit there and talk about who's the greatest basketball player of all time, it's it's not a fair because there's positions in basketball. Just because the game has went away from positionless basketball doesn't mean that you can discredit the players for the positions they played. Hmm. And okay, so uh, so Jordan is a shooting guard. Yes, and LeBron is a forward. But the thing with okay, this is where we talk about positionless basketball. You okay. know, traditionally Jordan played where you had a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Okay. You don't really have that now. You have five guys who are athletic, who can shoot from all over the court. LeBron, who is a 6'9", small forward slash power forward, has been playing point guard for the Lakers. It's kind of like what Magic Johnson did back in the 80s. He was 6'9", and a point guard. But mm-hmm. he also had four other Hall of Famers on the court with him. So uh, it, positionless basketball has went away. 
So with that being said, you look at the, the two greatest basketball players to ever play the game to me are Michael Jordan and LeBron. And when I start thinking of guys, if I want to rank the greatest players of all time, I rank them by how would they be if they played in the 80s, 90s, and now. Mm. And I think you have a lot of guys who might be stars now that would be role players in the 80s and 90s. Mm. There's very few guys who I think in today's NBA could have played the 80s or 90s and still had the success that they did. LeBron being one of them, and MJ definitely being one. I think if MJ was in today's league, he would average 40-plus points a game. Nobody mm. plays defense. It's, it's just he would score at will. Mm-hmm. LeBron, with his physicality and his size and his skill set, he could still be an MVP in the 80s and 90s. There's no doubt about it. But you got other guys that you start to sit there and think, well, they're a specialist. Like Steph Curry, he wouldn't have had as many wide-open looks back in the 80s and 90s because they played defense. Everything he did was going to have to come off screens. He was never going to drive in the lane because he'd get hit. You going to drive in the lane on Shaquille O'Neal? No way. Mm-hmm. So Okay. So you don't think there's like an apples to apples on them? No, it's not. Like you're, you're sitting there and talking about two distinctively different players, hmm. and you're wanting to say which one is better. I gave a perfect – I gave a, a kid I work with. He's a huge LeBron fan, and I was making this argument with him the other day. And I gave him – he was talking about, you know – which one was better? And I go, look, man, here it is. I gave him a screwdriver and I gave him a wrench. Mm-hmm. I go, which one's better? He goes, well, it depends what you need. I go, exactly. That's mm-hmm. the same thing when you're talking about Michael and LeBron. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But do you think that the, the whole talk about LeBron was overblown in the last few years because he did – you know, first he he was he was hated when he went to Miami, right? He was he had the he took his talents to South Beach and everybody didn't like him anymore. And then he was like, nothing's earned, nothing's given, everything's earned. Coming back to Cleveland, now we're gonna win it again for the home team. And now I'm off to LA to make that money. Is that you know? And everybody was like, you know, he might have been the winner this year, right? They were in contention, right? I assume. Yeah, they were the, the number they were the number one seed. Right. The West. Right, so that he could have done it again with, with L.A., and that might have really cemented his legacy. But, like, I heard a lot of people saying LeBron the GOAT for the last couple of years, and this definitely changed the calculus, I think, for some people who maybe didn't get to see the games that, you know, we got to see as kids growing up watching Michael Jordan. Now they've and seen I, this documentary. Well, and that's, I think, you know, people who didn't get to watch Jordan, they mm-hmm. automatically say LeBron because that's what mm-hmm. they see. That's all they know. Um, for me, you know, I just try to have an open mind. Jordan at the time was the greatest basketball player I'd ever seen. And I don't know if that's just kind of like nostalgia to me. And that's mm-hmm. why it's kind of rooted in that way. LeBron, the, the, the big difference, a LeBron has been in the social media era. We've seen a lot more of him than we saw with Jordan back in the nineties, because you mm-hmm. only saw stuff that was like in print. Mm-hmm. So LeBron, the, the mentality is what separates them the most. Mm. Whereas, and that's the one thing I took away from this documentary, was Michael Jordan was going to do whatever it took to make his teammates get to his level to win a championship. LeBron mm-hmm. literally sat there and said, I need help. Mm-hmm. I can't do this by myself. When Jordan said, I will do this by myself. Mm-hmm. If I have to. Like, he's like, I have no qualms with that. He goes, if I have to do this by myself, I will. LeBron flat out said, I can't do this by myself. So right there, that's the mentality difference. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems like, to me, the outsider, I don't follow sports as closely as you do or whatever, but 
I think it feels like LeBron needs to have everyone against him to bring it all the way back. And I say that because of the last the uh, the last NBA Finals. What was it? The one where he's down 3-1 and then came back and, and won it all? They beat, they beat the Warriors, yeah. Yes. I mean, that was a perfect storm. I mean, you could, you could say the Warriors lost that versus the Cavaliers winning mm-hmm. it. I mean, it was a perfect storm. And and this is the one thing that I think turned a lot of people off because he did he was watching some film or something with his buddy afterwards and they put it on social media and mm-hmm. LeBron goes this is where I became the goat. Mm-hmm. You can't say that. The, you can't expect people to respect you and like when you call yourself the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. You Michael can't be the Jordan, one to do that. Yeah, other Michael, people have to do that. <laughs> there there is there is no film. There is no soundbite. There is nothing of Michael Jordan calling himself the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. You will never find he's, he probably thinks himself. He is, mm-hmm. which that that's perfectly fine. You should always think of yourself as the greatest. You should have the utmost confidence in yourself, especially playing at that level. But you never, ever hear him publicly say I'm the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, but that as stuff far, will yeah. rub people wrong. That stuff is good. That, that, that lacks humility, that lacks realism to people. And obviously, if you don't think he's the greatest of all time, you him calling himself the greatest of all time just ruins it even more for you. You're like, well, shit. no, he's not, and you're automatically not a fan. And what I tell people is we get so caught up in the who's better debate, who's the GOAT. LeBron's not going to be around forever. So if you want to sit here and bitch and moan about this or that, like you're missing out on the greatness because he is a great player and there will never be a player like him after this. Not with his size, his ability, his skills. It's never going to happen again. So if you're missing out on the opportunity to watch him, that's on you. Everybody needs to kind of just sit back, appreciate the greatness, and we can sit around, have a few beers and debate all we want. But to sit here and make it like it's the story on all the talk shows, especially with nothing going on right now, I swear to God, on ESPN like for, or on Fox First Take or whatever it is, all they talk about, Skip and Shannon, every day is who's the greatest, LeBron or, or, or MJ. Like that's what you're filling three hours with every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's just something to talk about and, and argue over for sure. Um, but what do you think of his, like Jordan's personality? Cause it's like winning forgives a lot. We all know that. Uh, it just doesn't seem, I, I feel like LeBron's probably a nicer guy. I, I, just from what I know about them, I don't think I'd like hanging out with Michael Jordan for He doesn't seem to be a very generous person and he's just basically consumed with winning. Not that LeBron's not, but I feel like he does seem to have capacity for for other people and i don't really feel like jordan i'm not calling him a sociopath by any means but like there is a certain single-mindedness to jordan right when when you watch the doc when it hits netflix or whatever when you get a chance mm-hmm. to watch it you'll you'll see mm-hmm. jordan is a dick there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it and his teammates call him an asshole his mm-hmm. teammates are very like the people they have on there are very open about michael mm-hmm. but with that being said everything that he did was intended to push you and bring you to the level that needed to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he ever, maybe he was, maybe there are players that just absolutely hate him, but I don't, maybe he was malicious at times, but I don't think he ever personally attacked anybody because he didn't like them. Like he rode them in practice. He punched Steve Kerr in the face. Like mm. these are all things like, I mean, th- this, this is shit that he tried to get to elevate his team to be a champion. And 
I think for him, it all kind of, you know, he talks about it a little bit. They get the first three Pete. They win in, you know, 91, 92, 93. Then he takes the break for baseball or whatever. When he came back for 96, there's a lot of kids, a lot of guys on that team who are flying high because they're on the Bulls. But it's like, you guys didn't help us win championships. I've got to get you to the level of what it takes to win a championship. And that's mm-hmm. why people didn't like him. I mean, to get the best out of somebody takes a lot. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, and, and uh, I feel like that we don't really consider that in today's society. It's not as acceptable, maybe, as, as it was before. I don't feel like that personality is as rewarded today. I feel like maybe that's kind of anachronistic and it's of its time. Do you think there's anything to that? Well, the perfect example is when you look at LeBron, I think ever since LeBron came in the league, LeBron wanted to be liked. He wanted to be a good teammate. Right. He wanted everybody to like him. Mm-hmm. Jordan did not care. Yeah. Jordan, there was going to be a respect on the basketball court. We are going to do what it took to win championships. And if you don't get, if you're not going to put in the work and you're not going to get to that level that I'm requiring you for us to win a championship, then you don't have a spot on this team. Like that, mm-hmm. that's just all it was. His standards and expectations were through the roof and you didn't have to like him, but mm-hmm. you had to know that he was going to get everything he could out of you that would, that he could count on you. That when the time came and the pressure was there, that you were going to do the right thing and win a championship. Right, right. Well, I'm dying when, to hear. Yeah, right. Win, winning, winning was all that mattered to him, and he said that. He goes, for better or for worse, he goes, championships are what drove me, and they still drive me today as like an owner and shit and stuff like that. So, I mean, he just – winning was all that mattered to him. Right. Well, I'm interested to see what Mojo has to say when you guys come back on on the air about all this, because I know he's a diehard LeBron fan. So I'm I'm interested to see how he's processing all this. (laughs) My my Twitter, man, I I get Twitter spats with kids just because I'm bored and I have nothing else to do. And so every now and then, like things pop up and I'll just tweet it and I'll tag some kids from the area who I know are big LeBron guys and we'll just go at it. And they're like, why are we doing this? Like, we got nothing else to do. And they're like, Fair point. And so we just have, we just have it all out on like on Twitter and everything like that. So it's it's a good time. Right, exactly. And you know, I just I'm I marvel today at some of the uh, advancements they've made in long like just longevity of players' lives and games and how. You know, he's got how many people you think LeBron hires just to watch after his body, you know, like just personal trainers, nutritionists. It's like oh, everything, he, he you know. Spends, yeah, he spends millions of a year because, I mean, that's his that's his tool. Like his body oh, yeah. is his work. Like you've got to take care of it. But you see those NFL films from like the 70s and 80s and people are like smoking on the sidelines and like eating cheeseburgers. Like, like Ronnie shit. Lott had his finger cut off like in the middle of a game to play. What? Yeah. <laughs> I miss that. Oh my yeah. gosh. Dude, the 70s and 80s were a different time. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see it. It's It sounds like a great doc. And uh, yeah, like it's, you said, there's not much going on. So. No, it's really good, man. I've had a lot of LeBron guys. So I'm like, dude, I can watch it just to like appreciate what Jordan was. Never to sit. They don't have the GOAT conversation. They don't sit there and talk about Michael Jordan like he's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. It's literally just like a chronicle of like how they got to that point. A lot of stuff behind the scenes that even I didn't know. Like it's just a really good doc that you, you learn a lot of stuff. I go, if you can appreciate just the greatness of what that team mm-hmm. was and what they did, it's just good to watch. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You ever see that OJ Made in America one? Oh, we yeah. talk about that? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was amazing. 
No, if it's if it's good like that, I think it can run like ten hours. I wouldn't mind some of these documentaries going on that long if it, if they have the material. I'm and I'll tell you what, I I've watched the first eight episodes and there's no drag. There's no mm-hmm. where you're like, well, this is boring. Like no, like it's good the whole way through. And I'm excited for the final two tomorrow night. Oh man, I'll tell you the documentary I need. I don't know if they've ever made it before, but did they, have they ever done anything about the brawl, the the thing with the uh, um, the Pacers and the uh, Pistons? Oh, the Malice in the Palace. Malice in the Palace. Yeah, have they ever have they ever broke? Because I mean, the NBA owns the footage of that, right? So they're never going to yeah. release that, right? <laughs> no, they 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 haven't done anything with that, as far as I know. Um, <laughs> it is reported though, like Kobe Bryant's last season. They had oh. like a film crew with everything. Wow. They're, they're supposedly going to do a Kobe doc. Mm, I would watch that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, no, I uh, I watched the Aaron Hernandez one. That was interesting. On, not that they're the same at the, all. The Netflix one? The Netflix <laughs> yeah. doc? Yeah, dude, that was wild. Like when the stuff came out about him being gay, I was like, what? Like right. it was so it was so casual. Uh, it was a like new, a new wrinkle has emerged. <laughs> he's like he's like yeah he's like me and Aaron we'd go to practice we'd come home we'd go to bed together and I'm like what? Right, and then the murder may have actually even had something to do with that as well. Like maybe a discovery was made of some sort. But yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. But I mean it's it's reality. I guess you can't spoil it. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but anyway. Yeah, so uh, you've been watching any old games though? Do they do they do it for you? I I don't do that. No, I, you I don't watched, do that. No, when all this first started, the Cubs network, the Marquee Network, they were showing like the postseason run of the championship in 2016. I watched Game Seven again, and that's it. That, that's the only thing that I've watched. That's mm-hmm. old. Yeah, I can't imagine that would be. What would you get out of that? I mean, you already know the outcome. You've probably already seen most of the good ones, right? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I just watched that. Uh, I watched a little bit of the uh, they showed Kerry Woods 20 strikeout game. I watched a little bit of that. Uh, but, yeah, I know what happens. and I, I mean, I remember it. My memories are pretty solid for it. So it's kind of like nostalgia wise. But, no, I'm not one of those guys who are going to sit here and just beg for an old game all the time. You're not going to go back and watch the Steve Bartman game. Stop it. Don't even. Don't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's forever burned in my brain. I don't need that. I, I, I lived that for 13 years until we won a championship. I don't need that again. <laughs> not that you were counting, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you've been uh, listening to any music lately? Oh, what did I have? Ah. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this last time. The new Eminem album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was listening to that. I also listened to the Lil Wayne album you told me about. I like those. Yeah, those are good. So. Yeah, the, the Lil Wayne's not too bad. Uh, the new Eminem one, that just came out in like January, February. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's pretty good. That's on my rotation. Um, other than that, I haven't I haven't had a whole lot, especially in like the hip hop. There's There's a lot of stuff out there, but maybe I'm just fading out. I'm too old. <laughs> yeah i've kind of already got my artists i'm not really looking for any new applications at this point <laughs> exactly like i've got guys like if you drop music i'm gonna give it a shot like i have sure. my artists but yeah it's just i'm i'm not looking into any uh like you said new applicants to get yeah. the rotation in my in my stuff exactly well you know there's a new run the jewels album next month i did hear that mm-hmm. uh, it's out it's out now i believe oh for real Man, I yeah, I have, okay. I, have, I have Google Play. <laughs> I don't think it's on there yet, but oh, sweet. last Wait, I saw, I yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
But, uh, well, I'm. when is Sounding Off coming back? Are you guys coming back this weekend or what? No, 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 no. Um, we're still on hiatus. We probably will be for another month or two, I imagine. Really? You're not going to uh, do Zoom, Zoom calls or anything like that? Well, I mean, there's no high school sports going on for one. True, so true. I'm actually uh, – th- th- there's a fun little thing we're doing today that isn't really, like, school-related, but it's between some kids for school. Um, there's a <laughs> I there's a Memorial Day Mayhem wrestling match that's going on between uh, Donovan Shepard and Hayden Shepard of the uh, Western Panthers. Um, they're they're going to have a wrestling match on Memorial Day, and I'm filming, I guess, what you would call a mockumentary today. Wow. So well, we're going to cool. – that, that'll drop Monday, hopefully, after I get everything filmed and edited. And it, it's all for fun. I think they're doing some stuff to raise money for a charity. It's just – just, just some good fun, trying to find something to pass the time. Um, but no, right now, I mean, we're still kind of, we're limited to what the radio station will let us to do. They're not quite ready to let us in and everything like that. But we've got some things. We've talked to some people that once everything kind of starts to really lighten up and a lot of the restrictions are gone, uh, we'll be back. There, there's no question about it. we got some big things we're excited for. And uh, I, I look forward to getting back and getting back in the studio and getting back to normal. Hey, you know who's looking good right now is eSports. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I, uh, <laughs> John Robertson over at Tipton, mm-hmm. he's, he's been awesome with us. He's, he's, if you look in the Howard County region or even actually all the whole state, anybody that's got esports in the state of Indiana, it's connected to John Robertson because mm. he's the one who started it. He got the studio over in Tipton. It's awesome. If you ever want to go check it out one day, let me know. I'll arrange it. We can go check cool. it out. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It's, it's wild. It's really cool. And um, him and another guy, I think from around up at Munster or something like that, they kind of led the charge. They're the one who started like the Indiana high school sports, like gaming league or something like that. So like he, he's, he's led the charge on that. They've got a lot of schools in Howard County who are involved in that now. It's, it's a big deal and it's really cool. I think some people are still a little late to get around to it. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of people still don't take it seriously, but it, it's legit. Yeah, definitely. And weren't the like Formula One drivers, weren't they driving on like video games or weren't they having some sort of virtual thing that they were doing recently? Well, they were until I think a NASCAR driver dropped an N-bomb. Yeah, that's what I heard. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't know if they've done the uh, online broadcasting of like races since then. But uh, yeah, when you're racing with a bunch of guys, did you watch the video that by chance? No, no, I didn't see that. I don't have to look that up. Here's what's funny. It's like because all these guys, obviously, they're playing from their houses and they're driving or whatever, and they can all talk and hear each other. And you hear Kyle Larson say, hey, N word. And you hear somebody go what <laughs> and then you hear somebody go uh hey kyle we can all hear you and then you hear a, <laughs> then, then you hear a shit and then like then you hear somebody go who just said that <laughs> and of course he uh and then two days later i think he lost all the sponsors and he got fired oh wow Jeez, open mic moments they're real people you gotta watch that mute button <laughs> that ain't no joke man that ain't no joke <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think the best investment I made uh, before all this started was I bought a uh, 
uh, cover for my web ca webcams uh, on my on my laptop, so I can turn it on and off. Uh, it, it's been a lifesaver a few times. Just this, I, I've, I've been looking a little less shoveled than I than I do uh, normally, as you might imagine. I, I haven't showered every single day. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say I shaved every day either. So. I, I was going to ask if you you've been working from home, right? Oh yeah, no, this has been brilliant. Yeah, this is I actually been preparing for this my whole life. This is this is perfect. Have, have you had any? Of those like follies of like you've got a webcam meeting or something like that, and you've got like a naked toddler running behind you. Oh yeah, well the middle child now, the you know, used to be the youngest, uh, uh, was screaming uh, during when I was on television with the governor asking a question. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, I don't know if that's your youngest there, Rob, or is it your middle one? But I'm like, yeah, it's my middle one. Like, but you could hear it going, I want to listen to Frozen music or whatever. Like, you, know? you just so, turn around and go, Daddy's working. Exactly. <laughs> Shut your dirty little mouth. No, yeah. Not really. <laughs> I will put you in the cage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right. You, def you definitely don't want that. So uh, what about you? You've probably had to be in person a lot, even being sa in sales. You still got to go out and talk to people. Yeah, I'm still chugging along, man. Essential, wor essential worker. So. Jeez. Well, stay safe out there. I mean, you've been able to get hand sanitizer and any kind of equipment or anything, or they. Just... I, I mean, I, I've got some stuff. That okay. that that stuff selling to the public's like gold, man. That sanitizer, that's uh, that stuff to get on these days. But uh, yeah, my company has provided us with PPE and all that, so we're we're good to go. I the places that I feel uncomfortable going into, I like call or send emails. Like I'm not walking into places that I know that they don't necessarily meet the level of hygiene that I than I would expect them to. So, yeah, I'm going to be staying away from uh, some nursing homes for a little while. I think not that I was yeah. there a lot before, but yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't frequent, jails. I don't frequent the nursing homes. Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of places. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, Hey, it was good to talk to you, man. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing whatever you guys do. I hope you guys can come back at some point. I know there's, like you said, not much point now, but I mean, hopefully we can get something going here. So yeah, we'll get there, man. I, I, I've enjoyed the break, but I'm ready to get back to work. Uh, and when we get back to normalcy, since we're both working in the same town we probably should grab lunch i agree definitely we, curbside maybe i don't know maybe outside but <laughs> i don't know if we can go in the dining room yet but anyway. oh we can we'll go oh, hit up pizza real? king we'll go hit up pizza king it's right nice. down the road from you nice absolutely for sure that place but, uh, is solid yes i agree i've had it before it's really good but uh have a good uh, rest of your day here and i uh, hope we talk again soon so absolutely man. i appreciate it. hey you and the family stay safe Congratulations on the newest edition. Thank you. And uh, I'll hope to see you soon. Sure. Take care, man. All right. See you, bud. Okay.
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.